folks. You know what that tune means. It is just past four o'clock on this lovely Thursday in the Roaring Fork Valley. Um, and you are tuned into everything under the sun, the Sobris Sun's weekly radio program right here on KDNK. Um, I'm your host, James Steinler. I'll be somewhat in the background today. I'm here with uh, my co-hosts, Gus Richardson and Yesenia Benavides. Thank you both for joining me. I love to be here. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and also uh, a less frequent co-host, but and one of my much-loved co-hosts, Jeannie Soldern, and a dedicated reporter with the Soapers Sun. Thanks for being here, Jeannie. Thank you for having me. And we have some special guests today. I know they were in here last week on Express Yourself. Uh, we have Ashley Mosier, filmmaker, um, whose film Good Boy will be screening for a second time um, this Saturday hey. at the Crystal Theater. So glad to have you here, Thanks Ashley. Thanks for having me. Um, and we figured it would be good to have a second feature with uh, Wes Boyd of Care, Colorado Animal Shelter, and Ashley because both films, both screenings have sold out. So no one at this point is going to have an opportunity, no one additionally at least, to see this film if you don't already have a ticket or if you've jumped on the waiting list and might be able to squeeze into a seat. Um, so with that said, we also do have Wes Boyd here with the Colorado Animal Shelter, or excuse me, Colorado Animal Rescue, otherwise known as CARE. Welcome, hey buddy. <laughs> Thanks, James. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. And that is my bad etiquette. I don't have my phone turned off. I'm silent. Um, so we want to talk a little bit today about uh, CARE's needs and also perhaps adopting older pets because that is very relevant to Ashley's film, Good boy. Um, I think Jeannie had a question. Yeah, no, I just want to welcome the two of them. And I'm so glad to see that I read uh, there was a photo in this week's Soper Sun newspaper, parting shots on on the second to last page, that uh, $4,000 was raised. Is that right? Yeah, our proceeds from the first screening are about... Four grand, and we have a another screening coming up on Saturday. So we're looking for a, a grand total in the eight to ten thousand dollar range, which is excellent. just excellent for the shelter and excellent for the success of the film. Okay. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> I could just like talk forever about this. I had such a great interview uh, with Ashley about this. I mean, I do have to tell our listeners one thing that when I was talking to you I know I went into stories of my own pet loss my daughter's pet loss I was like going through the whole family here and you said that that often I said I feel like I'm talking to a therapist and you told me a lot of times when people interview you it gets into that kind of people start remembering their own stories when they've lost pets can you talk about that a little bit yeah I think You know, part of the beauty of making personal documentaries is that it allows and gives freedom to others to recognize their own personal stories, which I think in our society sometimes isn't very acceptable. We're kind of taught not to talk about ourselves too much and don't get too vulnerable and too honest. Um, But the beauty of, of having this as a platform is that people do feel safe to do that. And I really love that. That's part of why I make these kinds of films is it's really about wanting to feel connected to other people and to other people's stories. 
and to recognize that our stories really mostly are universal, including the one about Good Boy. Okay. Uh, kind of give us a little bit, uh, just for listeners who haven't read the story yet, um, a little bit of background about Good Boy and kind of the plot and um, when, when you started filming it. Yeah, so the film takes place in 2020. That's when it begins, um, right during the pandemic and COVID. Uh, I thought I was going to make a film mostly about going across country and finding out how our country was dealing with um, not only the reality of, of the illness and the virus, but also our own fears that were coming up because of it, and mainly the fear of death and dying. Um, it seemed really prevalent into the in the news. We were all talking about it and you know, isolating and all of the things to make sure we didn't get sick and we did not die. And I thought that was really fascinating. Um, But along that path, um, my 15-year-old chocolate lab ended up being very surprisingly diagnosed with bone cancer with very few symptoms. Um, And I ended up turning the camera on him and our family and uh, the process of what it was like to go through uh, facing death and fear of death and immortality and all of the things. Um, and out of that came, came Good Boy. Um, I wanted to ask, uh, do, is bone ca- cancer like common in dogs or is this like a rare occurrence? I might. Oh, I looked over at Wes to see. Um, yes, it is. It is fairly common, but particularly in older pets. Um, and it's incredibly painful. For them, um, and it's there's not much you can do other than either palliative care or in cases uh, such as Kenya, you have the option to amputate and rid your rid their body of you know the location of cancer. But all in all, it's um, f- cancer in general is fairly common for older pets, right, Les? Yeah, absolutely. We see a lot of um, cancer diagnosis in later life of many dogs. Um, Ashley had. You walked this path before having to guide a dog into the next life. That's a really great question. Um, no, I really, I really hadn't, and I think that's why it seemed so profound to me. It was the first time. Um, certainly not with a pet, but what does come forward in the film is I, I did walk. I wouldn't say walk my father into his passing and in his transition, but. He died when I was 17, and um, I, had to, I had to witness that and try to make sense of all of that at a young age. And uh, this particular death of Kenya really brought me back to that time, you know, how many ever years ago now? Gosh, 30 or something. Um, and really begin to face that passing that I hadn't actually uh, been too present with and processed as a young person. Yeah, one. <laughs> When I had interviewed you, you you talked about how you found some parallels and that you found that when your father had passed, when you were a teenager, you hadn't really fully expressed your grief at that time and how the passing of Kenya was kind of guiding you through part of that, too. Yeah, I think, you know, there's something different um, as I kind of contemplated death of a pet versus death of a human Um, and I think partially because and actually I was talking to a friend about this not not too long ago actually about how when a pet passes it's just so unconditional that relationship and so it doesn't come with a bunch of that relationship doesn't come with a bunch of um, burden or um, trauma or whatever it may be and so it feels really um, 
it feels really, really big. Uh, and when we, when a person passes, when a human passes in our lives, there's all these other complexities that come with that, that don't come when we have a pet. And so, um, I think there was something really true to a pass- the passing of Kenya that um, led me back to that time to reflect and understand better um, why I had avoided really facing my dad's passing. And I think part of that is because it was complex. So that brings up another one of my questions. Um, you mentioned in the article, The Genie, uh, that... Your film cackles a lot with the theme of that love that love comes with grief, right? Mm-hmm. Um, can you expand more on that with the idea of how the passing of Kenya mirrored the passing of your father and if anything was different there? Sure. Yeah, I think my experience was by being, um, I say this in the film, I think by being so present with Kenya's passing and and the fact that I had to make a choice to either do it the way I had done it in the past with my dad, which was kind of avoidant, um, or I could turn towards that experience and decide to have the courage and bravery to like really be with it, um, that by doing it the 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 way of love, I'm sorry, with the way of embracing it, that love came forward in a really profound way with Kenya. Um, and I really left that whole experience. I mean, I remember being on the phone with a friend, not maybe a week later and just being kind of profusely like, I love you. And this life is amazing. And, and she was like, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know. I just feel this immense love that just bursted into me after Kenya passed. And I, the way I make sense of it is because I, really allowed myself to go deep in the grief and the and the um the loss that I was also to rebound into the really heightened state of love and compassion um and I think if we allow ourselves to go deep in either of those that we get to we get the benefit of feeling both sides really fully I myself have not had a chance to see the film it was sold out it was sold out again (laughs) Um, but I got to read Jeannie's article of course and I told Jeannie as soon as I finished reading it that it brought tears to my eyes it um, and even I just recently as you know watched the uh, preview or um, the trailer for the film and one of the things that I thought was really lovely at the end of the trailer is it says that something and I'm paraphrasing um, that humans are the ones who are going to have to learn to sit stay and heal (laughs) I I love that and I think that goes along with what you've already been telling us but is there anything else in that vein you'd like to add and where did you come up with that (laughs) (laughs) That was through a conversation with my husband, who is also a filmmaker, Mark Milhone, and you kind of roll around ideas and log lines and synopses and all the things, and it's hard to kind of distill it down into one thing, but he was the one who said, you know, you really are the one who had to learn how to do that. And I was like, you're absolutely right. And I think that's uh, what really part of the theme of the film is, is like, can we all who go through this, and that's all of us, can we learn how to stay put? not run from it and do the work of the healing through whatever is coming up for each of us individually around loss and grief, excuse me, and our mortality. That's really where that came from. Well, I was going to ask Wes, if you want to tell us how you got involved with Ashley to get this film as to be a part of a fundraiser for care. 
Absolutely. Uh, Ashley approached me um, and was hoping to screen the film as a way to raise money for our local shelter, and I immediately said yes. We are ecstatic to work with a story like this that relates so closely to the work we do and what we experience as pet owners and animal lovers. So um, Ashley's story and the story behind Good Boy immediately resonated with me after only seeing the preview. So I knew it was a great fit, and Ashley's been an incredible partner. We've been able to rally a lot of support within the community, and it has felt like a true collaborative effort getting uh, these two screenings sold out, and uh, it's been a big success. Yeah, Wes, you hadn't actually seen the film last Saturday, right? Nope. Last Saturday was the first time I watched the full film. And what would you think? <laughs> Thank you, Ashley. I had the same we're, we're kind of baiting you on this one, Wes. If you can don't tell. take the interviewer's I, I don't job, friend. <laughs> no, you could. So You're sorry. So a sorry. <laughs> I don't want to give too much away, but uh, the film is uh, really soulful, and um, it shows an incredibly vulnerable time in Ashley's life in true color and it represents Kenya as a wonderful companion who um, had reached the end of his life and like I said I don't want to give you too many details but um, there's a lot of emotions through the film and I did shed tears from the beginning to the end (laughs) but they were uh tears of love and happiness and realization and purpose Um, we have a purpose as pet owners to be with our pets and provide for them and be their companions until the end and that's that's what they want from us Um, and that's a message that comes from the film too is um, something that relates so closely to the work we do at the shelter animals want to be with the owners who they love and as long as that box is checked they're happy they're content and they're living their best life when they're with us Mm. very well said you could tell that yeah it means a lot to you (laughs) yeah i gotta say the question um that brings up uh as this film is obviously so emotionally charged are there any unique challenges emotional or otherwise with filming like the passing of this friend of yours I'm getting chills. Um, Sure, yeah, I think one of the challenges of being a a documentarian, particularly of your own life, is you have to make really um, clear choices about what is uh, what you are willing to film and what you are not. And uh, most of my experience felt just fine picking up the camera. Um, But when it came to the actual passing, when, when we did actually you know, bring someone over to do the home euthanasia. Um, I, I filmed everything up until the moment. And then I said, okay, it's time to put the camera down and uh, just be with Kenya. Cause that's that, you know, all he needed and wanted was to know that I was okay with him going. And if I had a camera in my hand, he wouldn't know that, but I could look into his eyes instead and, and walk him down that path to the other side. Um, otherwise I, I really did feel quite comfortable picking up the camera most of the time. And the emotions really came more um, in the editing room, frankly. Yeah, it's just it was two years of 
remembering and processing and stitching together my own uh, sense of the whole experience and and really truly what I thought others experiences were too so that it could be a universal story that was always my intent was not necessarily to make this a personal story but to make it a personal story that resonates uh, to everybody who sees it that they've been through um, and that they can make sense of their own experience as well Thank you. Uh, for our listeners, um, you are tuned into Everything Under the Sun, the Sopra Sun's weekly radio program here on KDNK. We're a little bit more than halfway through the show for today. And for those just joining us, we're with uh, filmmaker Ashley Mosier uh, speaking about her uh, film that has been sold out twice now. And it's sold out again this Saturday, uh, Good Boy, uh, which is... Um, being screened at the uh, sorry at the Crystal Theater uh, as a fundraiser for Care Colorado Animal Rescue, and we are also here with the executive director of Care, Wes Boyd. Um, I really love G- uh, Jane Backrack's uh, cut line <laughs> and parting shots this week, <laughs> and uh, she's always uh, uh, shout out to Jane because she always has the most uh, funny and uh, lovely little cut lines. And, we uh, love Jane. <laughs> she's oh, hard not to love. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, um, so and uh, and the photo and parting shots again is of someone, a employee of uh, Care. Who is that employee, Wes? Have you seen it? Daisha. It's Daisha. Yeah. It's uh, Daisha. Uh, <laughs> Daisha Ryder. She's our development director. Great. And Daisha was handing out Kleenex uh, be, to prevent flooding <laughs> because there might be so many tears. Uh, Wes, it's, it sounds like you shed some tears where other people in the audience. Um, could you tell what was the what, was everyone silent? Were they sobbing? Was there a little bit of all of that? <laughs> There were a few sobs, and okay. I, I could see tears in, in most audience members' eyes. Um, but there was a feeling of calm and contentment in the room. Um, I think most people watching the film were left with a feeling similar to mine, that um, this really makes sense. And getting through this moment of grief and loss with our pets is very, very difficult, um, but very important and something to to embrace and and to to celebrate the life of our pets and celebrate the moment that they're passing. Wes, do you want to talk about some of the needs that CARE has right now? Since this was a fundraiser, so that that's something taken care of there, right? But what other needs does CARE have at the moment? Absolutely. Um, first and foremost, CARE needs adopters. You know, our mission is to uh, find homes for homeless pets. So... If anyone's considering adding a pet to their life, remembering to uh, meet the pets at the shelter and, and fall in love with animals they, they didn't know were waiting for them. Um, shelters across the state are at capacity. Um, we've seen a big increase of owner surrenders across the country and animals arriving into shelters not being reclaimed. Um, so there is a little bit of a pet ownership crisis happening across the U.S. Um, CARE prides ourselves on an ability to bring animals into our facility that can find a home in the Roaring Fork Valley, which is, I imagine, one of the best places in the world for a pet to live. And what are usually the ages of, of pets that you have at the shelter? Well, we do bring in puppies and kittens. Our shelter has a unique ability to bring in older animals as well. So one of the ways we are able to benefit our uh, shelter partners, those who are at capacity and really struggling um, with their animal population, is to bring in some of the older pets and maybe pets that have illness that can be treated. 
Um, so we have the resources to accommodate those animals, and we found that our community is ready to embrace those animals as well. So oh, nice. So yeah. those pets do, I mean, they get adopted too. They do. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have some some beautiful animals that might not have their full life ahead, but they still have many quality years and a lot of love to give. And uh, we call them grown adults. There's another <laughs> word we put in there, but uh, you know, they we already know how they behave. They understand <laughs> what it means to live in a home and how to be a good dog or a good cat. So there's a there's a great benefit to adopting an older pet. That's nice to hear. Yeah. yeah, I mean, one thing that was surprising to me, I had Kenya for 16 years and a total joy and adventure buddy, the whole thing for most of his life. But when he turned like 13, all of a sudden I was like, this is awesome. Like just having an older pet who's slowing down a little bit, but still can do all the fun things or most of the fun things doesn't need a lot of, um, you know, outdoor attention, but, you know, didn't need anything yet medically and it's just a really sweet time to have an animal and and they they really just want to be like with you and to feel your love and so it doesn't take a lot to make an older pet feel um at home and and part of a family so i really encourage people to consider that do you guys have any older pets for adoption right now we do um <laughs> some uh <laughs> Incredible older pets. Uh, we have a beautiful eight-year-old Great Pyrenees. Her name is Yuki. Oh. She is full of life. She has these big, soulful eyes. Um, she loves to play with younger dogs and romp around in the snow. She is 105 pounds, so she does require a little bit of space in your house. But um, she's a big, sweet dog. We also have um, a recent arrival, a cat named Betty. She's about 12 years old. That's my cat's name, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Um, yep. And Betty just had a dental cleaning and has a clean bill of health, and she is ready to go home, and she's very, very lovey, uh, purry, and uh, beautiful tabby color with green and yellow eyes. Mm. So she, she's, she's great. You can see all of our adoptable pets on the website, which is coloradoanimalrescue.org. So I think we have about 12 adoptable animals today. Nice. Um, so I have a question to follow up the, the fundraiser of this film. What will the money go to, or like how will it help the uh, shelter? Almost all of the shelter's operating costs are associated with the pets in our care. So this fundraiser is going towards uh, caring for the animals. So that means buying food, covering medical expenses, um, paying for their transportation needs, uh, providing staff who give them enrichment and love every day. So uh, funds like, like this from the screening go directly to their care. That's fantastic and great question, Yesenia. Um, so, uh, Wes, could you, as we're closing out the show, we have four minutes left. Could you kind of tell us if there's any immediate needs or any way uh, at care? And if, honestly, oh. one thing that I'm also curious about is open hours for people to come and walk pets. Yeah, volunteers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's the best. But if you want to start with needs. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Vol volunteers are a big need for us. Um, we appreciate all the help we can get. Um, we're caring for 30 to 40 animals every day, starting at 8 a.m. and finishing up at 5. Most days we open to the public at 11 and close at 5. On Sundays we close a little earlier at 3. Um, so people are welcome to come up to the shelter anytime. 
Um, volunteers can find an application on our website under the volunteer tab. So coloradoanimalrescue.org and then navigate to volunteer. You'll find a quick survey, a quest questions about you and what your availability is. And then the process is that we schedule an orientation and introduce you to some of the guidelines for volunteering at the shelter. Um, and once you're on that list, we have all kinds of volunteer needs, helping at events, um, walking dogs, helping clean kennels in the morning, uh, transporting an animal to or from Denver, as an example. Um, lots of needs. So once you're in that group, you get the invites to participate in those things, and uh, volunteer opportunities come up every single day. And where are you located? We are at the Spring Valley Campus for CMC, Colorado Mountain College, uh, between Carbondale and Glenwood, up County Road 114, about three miles. Fantastic. Um, so if any of you are interested in volunteering or if you would like to contribute because uh, CARE is one of the few animal shelters in the area. There's one in Rifle, I think one in Aspen. Um, but uh, again, uh, for our listeners, Wes, if you can repeat that website. ColoradoAnimalRescue.org. Okay, great. And can people also find uh, your donations page there? Absolutely, as okay. well as all of our adoptable pets. And okay, if you want to watch the trailer for the movie, Ashley? Yeah, you can go to goodboythemovie.com, and that'll give you all both the trailer and all the information about potential screenings and, and all the things. And one other thing I just want to mention is Lucky Day, which is a foster-only rescue. Um, and they're out of, a well, Aspen and Denver, right? Is that right, Wes? And uh, th they are always looking for fosters, and you can just go to luckyday.com to, to find them. Okay, great. Thank you so much for that additional resource, Ashley. And thank you so much, both of you, for joining us mm -hmm. on Everything Under the Sun today. Uh, we really, um, it was, it's been a pleasure. Um, I am, may, you may see me in line. I might <laughs> jump on the waiting list, <laughs> see if I can get a seat. Um, but thank you so much uh, for folks who are uh, rearing to see Good Boy, um, you can do as I'm doing and jump on the waiting list by going to CARE's website, coloradoanimalrescue.org. Um, CARE is a nonprofit, and uh, you can get, get on the waiting list that way. Uh, otherwise, it has yet to come on any screening platforms, but yeah. keep a lookout for that, and we'll update that as well in the Sopra Sun as we get closer. Thank you. Thank you both so much. Have a great day. Happy Thursday.